Hello, everybody. Welcome to the very first show, episode one of my show. I'm still not really sure exactly what I'm going to call it yet. So if you guys have any suggestions, throw it down in the comments. Um, I don't know about putting my name into it. I thought about doing that at the beginning, and it seemed kind of weird. So I don't know. Anyhow, I got some stuff uh, planned for you guys today. I want this show to hopefully be uh, of use to you guys. That's why if you notice at the first portion of it, it says... Um, Hold on, I need to turn this off because I think because my, there we go. Now my internet should be better. Sorry if it got, uh, sorry if it got scratchy for a minute. Get with the programming conflict. Oh no, is there a show happening right now? Dun, dun, dun. Well, mine's going to be relatively uh, boring. We're going to talk about Trump. We're going to talk about some scientific misconduct going down at Harvard and how that school has just been a complete shit show. And I'll explain to you guys exactly why it is. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about Jim Clicks and what I think you should do about it. Uh, the show will kind of be all over the place. It's just going to be talking about stuff that I find interesting. So hopefully, uh, you guys find it interesting too. If not, probably won't, probably won't uh, watch much of it. Drew McGavin, no, hello to you. Thank you, sir. Drew, yes, they're talking about CrossFit Open at Get With The Programming. Awesome, cool. Well, this will be here and live in perpetuity afterwards. So you could always come back and watch it later. So here's what I got going on for you guys today. Here's what we got planned. Um, the first story I want to talk about is going to be one that I haven't actually looked into a ton, but I figured we might as well touch base on it because it comes from us from the very trusted, forever researched, uh, absolutely true daily mail. If you guys probably saw this floating around the internet of things, too much exercise can kill you, especially if you're a white man. Oh, no. Studies finds that 7.5 hours a week of fitness doubles your risk of heart disease. Now, the first question is, why the fuck would somebody even write an article like this? It's like, it's crazy. And this article basically goes on just to talk about how if there's a certain amount of exercise, you could be uh, developing plaque in your heart, which could put you at risk for some sort of heart problem. Like, this is... It's nonsense. And of course, they're going to base it all off studies and the research uh, that they've done, which we're going to get into that a little bit when we talk about Harvard in a minute here about the integrity of the research that goes into some of these uh, studies. Um, bum, bum, bum. Hopefully, uh, you guys, ho hopefully the Internet's not like too bad because for some reason and apparently we have choppy Internet here. Yeah, I don't know why it's doing that. It normally never does it. And here we are at 11 a.m. on my first show. and We're going to have choppy, crappy Internet, which will make it great for some of these videos. I'm going to explain and show you guys. And I got no idea why it's bad, but here we are. So touch base on that um, uh, Daily Mail piece just to kind of show the ridiculousness that is out there. And uh, how they always love to hide anything that they can make a claim behind. Like they'll make some outrageous claim like that. And then all they have to do is say, oh, well, it's being studied and it's peer reviewed and everything else. And the thing is, is uh, yes, um, Louis, I can see the comments on X. Thank you. And thank you for uh, uh, commenting on X. Oh, okay. It's your internet on my internet. Okay, great. Because sometimes mine just gets like weirdly slow and it makes me all granally and doesn't really show some of the uh videos okay so here's what we got first order of topic i want to play this short so you guys get the full story of it but i have a feeling youtube will uh ding me so i'm going to bring it up i'll share it with you guys um just a little bit here hang on let me bring it up you know it'd be crazy 
weird twisting events. Now I need somebody to run the back end. Isn't that, isn't that funny how the times have changed? So here's what we got. This is from a uh, lessons from soccer. The story this goes the that title so of the show and it is true, good, or useful because when we get into talking about some stuff with the affiliate here, um, this is something that I've learned a, uh, a little bit while back and I've always utilized it when I can remember to, of course, um, as far as anything that I am saying or any information that is coming into me, especially when we're talking about, um, uh, culture at the gym. Okay. Um, so this is the story here about it and we'll play it now. Socrates was resting under a tree when one of his disciples approached him in a hurry and said, master, I want to tell you something. A friend of yours has been speaking ill of you. Okay. How common is that at the gym? <laughs> Gossip, right? You show up there and whether you're the owner of the gym, whether you're a coach of the gym, or whether you're just a member just there to work out, this is going to happen a lot because we're together a lot in the gym and people like to gossip. Socrates interrupted saying, wait a moment. Have you passed this through the three filters before telling me? The three filters. I'm not sure what you mean. Okay, so that's what we were talking about earlier, and it's in the title of this show. And I have to stop this every few seconds and talk so we don't get dinged. <laughs> the first filter is that of truth. Are you completely sure that what you're going to tell me is true in all its aspects? The truth is, I don't know. I see. Okay, and the ironic part about using Socrates for this quote is there's actually nothing that relates him to this triple filter test, which is ironic and hilarious at the exact same time. Hey, what's up, dude? You're live on the air right now. Shit. Yep. Bye. 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 I'll call you after. Okay, bye. Bye. So, Savon definitely didn't forget that I was doing the show right now. Nope, nope, nope. Um, so anyways. Simply heard someone show. say it. All right. Now the second filter is that of goodness. Is what you're going to tell me something good or beneficial? No, actually it's not. Then we come to the... Okay, so if it's not true or you don't know if it's true or not, and then if it's not going to be beneficial to hear it or if it's not good, that's the second filter. Last filter, necessity. Is it necessary for you to tell me this about my friend? To be honest, it's not. It will only create prejudices and damage his reputation. If it's not true, nor good, nor necessary, then it doesn't deserve to be heard. Okay, that is the triple filter test. And if you think about it in terms of information that you're receiving, if you're a coach at the gym or if you're the owner of the gym, you need to make sure that you have some sort of filter test to decide, hey, do I want to participate in what the conversation is being had here? If it's just general gossip and it's just creating issues in the gym, then you need to uh, remove yourself from that, especially if you're somebody who is, like I said, an owner or a coach, especially if that, because so much of your job is going to be handling and managing those relationships that if you don't have some sort of way to put yourself in check and say, hey, do I want to engage in this conversation? Or is there something productive that's going to come out of it? If the answer is no to that, then then stay away. Stay away. I was realizing that there's kind of like a mess behind me and some shirts that I have. Okay. Um, so that's going to relate to this next one here, which I pulled from the guys over at Best Hour other day. Um, some of their stuff I really enjoy. Some of their stuff, I, it's kind of like sensationalism. I don't really agree with it. But this one... Uh, I thought would be true, good, and useful. Hey, look at that. In the gym. This is not open to everyone. So there's only certain people that are getting invited to go do this. This is okay. also not... Okay, so right there, she's a gym owner. I'm sure she's a lovely lady. Uh, I don't want to... Um, 
I don't want to pick on her in this particular section of the show, but she basically said, Hey, we have an open gym. That's only open and allowed for certain people to go to, which is already terrible because you created division. So at some point you said these people could have access to in this particular um, example, they're talking about like open gym on Sundays. So you said these particular people could have open gym on Sundays, but only certain people can. And then you're going to be surprised at when that creates an issue in the gym. Like you've purposely put up some sort of division and then you purposely put in some sort of hierarchy. Now, whether you were intentional and you're doing that or just didn't really think through second or third order consequences, um, you're going to have some issues with that, right? And that's what she's talking about here. And uh, right now, um, Jeff Fern is going to step in because she mentions like the the riff or the discrepancy between the people who are doing the open gym, which I'm assuming is at least one coach and probably some members um, are having a problem with the programming. And so Jeff steps in here. Are aligning with the programming. So okay. they are going so, about... So the, the issue here, and I'm glad you brought that up. So the issue here is not the programming, right? That's a solvable problem. It's actually very easy to solve. The issue is you have somebody that is creating a click. Programming yeah. aside, doesn't matter. Who cares? Correct. Yes. I'm like, that is a solvable problem. You have somebody who's creating a click. You just need to squash that. Be like, you can't bring people in until we offer open gym and everybody can come in. Then we'll do that. Let's stop bringing people in on Sundays. The end. Uh -huh. It has nothing to do with programming. Yeah. So I completely agree with uh, Jeff there. She was saying, hey, you know, it's funneled around programming. What they're doing doesn't align with the program that we have. And he was like, nope. He cut right through all the bullshit. And he was like, it has nothing to do with the programming. And in fact, it has everything to do with the fact that you've created a special place and you created hierarchy and division in your gym. At some point you made the decision to do that and it got out of hand as you really realized the second order consequences. And now you're like, how do I fix this or how do I solve this problem? And I love how Jeff kept it super simple there. And he literally was just like, stop it. Be like, Hey, look, this ends today. And I think at times we get ourselves into these routines or maybe we allow the standard to slip or change, or we make these small, um, uh, specialty things. What's the word I'm, I'm looking for? Exceptions. We make these small exceptions for other people. Well, he's my friend. Oh, they could come in and do their own thing off to the side. Oh, well, they're training for some online qualifier, so they need the extra space. And at some point, you made that decision, and then it is getting out of hand. It's no longer working for you, or there's some logistical issues. And whenever you go to make that decision, you need to pull the person who you decided to say, yes, this is okay. You need to bring them into the office uh, or wherever, speak with them in private or the whole group for that matter and sit down and explain, hey guys, we're having issues with this. I thought that this could work out, meaning in this example, the Sunday open gym, I thought that this could work out. It turned out that I made a mistake and you put it back on you. So you don't start blaming them for what you allowed them to do in your gym. That's first and foremost. You have to just recognize the situation as a total and take full responsibility for that situation. Okay. So once you say, hey, look, I made a mistake. I allowed this on Sundays. Here are some of the issues that we're working with. Here is the way that I think that we could correct it. And that is the most important part because you're taking ownership. And if you notice the language that I use, I said, here is the problem we're facing. Here is some of the ways we can correct it. So what you've done is you've depersonalized it. You've taken blame for how it started. You're not even talking about the nuances or whatever happened on the Sunday open gym. And then you're looking at the problem as like, hey, here's me, here's you, here's the problem over here. How do we solve this together? Okay. Now, obviously you may unearth some other issues that go deeper than just the Sunday open gym, 
but that's how typically I would start the conversation. So that is just some of the stuff that has worked for me in the past, and hopefully you guys could gain something of it too. But the, the moral of it is, is if you start something that you created in the gym, you have the power to make the decisions, especially if it's going against your gym culture or anything else like that. And I, I just like that example um, of that because so much of what we do inside the gym as coaches, as affiliate owners, or even just participants is interactions and communications with other humans. And so I love the gym business because it's a super simple business in terms of its complexity, its structure, and how everything, um, you know, runs but it also is complex in the way that every single day you're dealing with your customers and then they become your friends they're no longer members or customers they're your buddies they're your coaches they're they're your tribe they're your people and so dealing with conflict within that is super tough so again takeaway here is uh, hopefully you could apply that socrates trip triple filter test to anything that comes across your guys's way in life meaning is it true should I focus on it? Is it good? Is it, am I going to benefit from it? And is it necessary? And is it useful? Can I utilize information that I'm taking in to make some sort of positive change or contribution? And if you answer no to all those, then just number one, recognize you're in, just engaging in gossip. It's like the fucking reality TV shows. I call them all screaming ladies. You know, they have screaming ladies at the restaurant, screaming ladies in the boat. And all it is, is just the gossip for the sake of gossip. And you definitely don't want to pull yourself down into something like this, especially if you're a gym owner or a coach. Maybe we should start a tally. How many times have I said gym owner or a coach? You're like, fuck, we get it, okay? Um, here was, yes, Judy, it's high school. And it's, I mean, that's one of the hardest things that we work on on the gym all the time is uh, the culture there. Because the standard of your gym is what you tolerate. And you what you tolerate becomes the standard. And so many times we focus on movement standards or rep shavers, and, and that's important. I'm not saying it's not. You want people to have integrity in the way they move and in their movements. But um, when it comes to the way that we handle each other and what the culture of our gym is and how we interact with new people coming through the door, um, that's just as just as important that we hold the standard, the, uh, or in my opinion, more so than the depth of your squat and the integrity of your movement. It all has to start there. Okay, another uh, fun quote that I found on the internet that I wanted to share with you guys here is um, it's from Cody Sanchez. Uh, I had the pleasure of briefly meeting her at the Forever Strong Summit, uh, another event, live event conference that I helped Karn out with. This was in mid-January. Uh, Cody Sanchez speaks very much on like uh, business strategy, money, um, different things like that. I've kind of grown fond of her. I, I didn't really know her very much prior to this event. She was part of the group of people that I kind of like studied as I made my way out to Austin, Texas for the Forever Strong event, just because I wasn't too familiar uh, with her content. But you know how anything else goes in life. Once you start to look for it, you see her everywhere. So you know, I never owned a Red Civic and you say it out loud and now you see red civics all over the place. Now I see Cody Sanchez's content all over the place. Um, the quote goes, smart men go broke three ways. Liquor, ladies, and leverage. The late Charlie Munger. Charlie Munger was uh, Warren Buffett's right-hand man. If you don't know who either of those people are, we're not going into depth in that now. Just Google it. You'll figure it out. But I just thought it was great because basically those three things we're talking about here are all just temptations of life, right? Liquor, I could also move that into just substance abuse in general, right? That's If you start straying off track and get into that, like as Savon says, like if that gets in between your need for shelter and money and your other priorities and food and everything else, like you're screwed. So 
I see liquor as just addiction and substance abuse in general. Ladies, is that's another temptation, whether you're a guy or a girl, there's always going to be temptations there with the opposite sex, right? And then leverage, meaning how smart do I think I am versus how smart I actually am in reality. In uh, times when money is easy to obtain through loans and different things to the banks, we start to do it thinking that we're, we're you know, look at me, I'm able to get these loans, I'm successful. And then eventually uh, you realize you are over leveraged and your ass goes broke. So I just thought that that was cool. The leverage part maybe um, would relate more so in like, I have to buy a home because it's the American dream. And I have to get a brand new car because the people up the street have a brand new car. And next thing you know, you're fucking up to your ears in debt. And all you're doing is working every day just to manage the payments. And by the way, you haven't even looked at the interest rate and you haven't even touched the principal as you pay that thing off because you're just living paycheck to paycheck, managing your debt. Terrible. And you know what else is funny too? This is going to be a side tangent. This, this portion wasn't planned. But like the whole credit score thing and like you need to get a credit card and then have a credit card so you could have a good credit score so you could go like, holy shit, our culture is just immediately get yourself into debt. And then people wonder why they have shitty paying jobs that they're stuck into and they don't have any of their freedom. Over leveraged. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay, and then the last one here is uh, the last like quote or different thing I found on the internet that I want to share with you guys it is a theme we always talk about here on the Sevon podcast. Actually, the Sevon network, we'll call it now, the Sevon network, um, is you could just observe your thoughts. You don't have to act on them and you don't have to be them. And so I love this um, uh, this lady here, uh, joyfulness whatever things you could check out um there his his her instagram account uh but i just found this randomly my support page it says observe it don't absorb it and it shows like all these angry thoughts and it's a person just kind of looking at them and smiling versus them embodying all of them and thinking that they are uh becoming their thoughts um ken walters just keep doing balance transfers they come in the mail every day <laughs> Exactly. Oh, I paid this stuff, this debt off with this debt because it has the lowest interest rate and you're just carrying balances for forever. Um, but yeah, we talked about it earlier um, in terms of, hey, if you're going to go into a conversation where you're talking about conflict or you're having to resolve conflict, being able to separate you and the other party who you're talking about and move the problem up here. So it's us versus the problem. And we're looking at it together as a group of how we solve it. That is another example of being able to observe it, don't absorb it. As we go into talking about these next stories here, we're going to first talk about the uh, uh, Trump and his 35 or $355 million that apparently he is owing for business fraudings to the state of New York. I think that number jumped to like 366 million or something last I saw. I don't know. It was floating all around. But as we get into that story and as we get into what's going on over at Harvard, I want you to just become uh, observers of it. Like I was talking about it with Grace before the show and I was like, hey, I'm going to bring up this Trump, Trump article first um, and show the relationships between that and Harvard, right? And just kind of this big picture view. And she's like, I don't know. Do you want to bring up Trump right away? People might see the show or see the thumbnail and immediately be turned off by it. And I was like, that's okay. I'm okay. I'm comfortable with that. You can't get past it because you see something and you have this reaction where it's not even a response. It's just you fucking something happens and you immediately react to it. You're not even taking the time to give yourself any space to respond to it. Then that's something you got to work on. That's on you. Um, Bernie Gannon. For a second, I thought I was listening to Matt on 1.5 speed. Nope. 
it's normal speed. Yeah, dude, this is me like in the middle of the day after coaching, you know, a handful of classes, nice and awake, uh, jamming off like my third cup of coffee. So these, these shows are going <laughs> to, you're going to think it's in 1.5 speed, but nope, it's just me talking at normal. So observe it. Don't absorb it. And hopefully that could be the useful thing you guys take away from the show today, um, along with the Socrates triple filter. Okay, so let's get into the meat of what we're going to be talking about for the uh, second half of the show here. So it is no surprise uh, to most of you guys that um, uh, Judge Ngoron, and by the way, I'm going to fuck up every single name, okay? Just deal with it. And if you guys want to spell it out phonetically into the comment section, it's appreciated. I ain't going to knock you for it. Anyhow, judge finds Trump guilty, orders him to pay $354 million for fraud. Okay, so why am, I, why am I bringing it up? Why am I talking about this? The reason why I'm talking about this is because it is everywhere. Most people will talk about how much Trump owes in these astronomical numbers that we can't even wrap our heads around, you know, $350 million. Okay, it might as well be $300 billion, right? It's such a big number. But the main point that I want to make here is you cannot go anywhere without seeing this seeing either the fact that it's just there it's present in the news it's all over the place um it's uh the numbers are there it's being shown that like yay we finally got him we pinned him down he's been doing business fraud dealings and now we're gonna make him pay for it right and um another interesting thing about this case with Trump is if you think about it, it's like, okay, well, who, who's the victim here? Like who got the, the wrong doing to them? Like who is, who's the one that was left hurt by this fraud or these fraud allegations that are coming on Trump. And then also too, what does that look like from the bank's standpoint? So if you look at some of those articles, it just talks about there was zero victims in it and the banks love Trump. Now this could totally be wrong too. And the reason why I'm bringing that up isn't to get in the tit for tat about the Trump thing. I'm not a huge uh, Trump guy myself. Um, if you are, great. If you're not, great. But the point is, is that we can't get anywhere without seeing this. And most people that will talk about it aren't even really sure what happened. So they'll say, hey, do you see Trump owed $355 million? And you're like, yeah, what, what, what was the crime? Like, what was the civil suit about? And is it going to be criminal? And like, most people are just like, I don't know. I don't know the details of it, but I saw this. It's like, okay, so you have this vague picture of it, but it's everywhere. You can't, you can't escape it. You're going to see it everywhere, okay? Now, why is that important? Well, that is important because we are going to segue here into our next portion, which is going to be talking about Harvard. I like that little, like, rich person voice. Um, in the uh, Diana Farber Cancer Institute is committing scientific misconduct with its handling of the investigation. This is brought to us by the great folks over at Broken Science Initiative. If you guys haven't gone over and uh, checked out the website, um, signed up for the newsletter, these articles uh, will be um, will be being put into your guys' inbox every single week. I think they put a new one up, and we'll be discussing some of them here on the uh, show. Geez Louise, don't try so hard. You're doing good. Thanks. That was like that was like a slap in the face, but then like a help up at the same time. <laughs> it was a little bit of love. A little bit of love in there and a little bit of a reality check. Thanks, Geez Louise. I appreciate it. So 
inside this uh, article here and why it's important, how it relates to Trump is when we talk about cancer, we talk about cancer uh, research. And I'm just going to use small little bits for this article. This was written by um, Russell Berger. He was just on the show not that long ago, I think like last week or something like that. And um, he, he uh, wrote this article here. It's a half stitch, a half a shit sandwich. Yeah, it's like a shit sandwich, but with like a cup of soup or something, something good as well too. Um, okay, so on the heels of President Claudine Gay's resignation, you you guys remember her? She was the one that sat in front of Congress and basically couldn't condemn uh, the hatred of Jews on campus. Um, and then she got in trouble for plagiarism later on and was forced to resign. Uh, Harvard's Dana Farber. Um, Cancer Institute now faces allegations of data manipulation in more than 50 published papers. The article goes on to say the allegations are concerning. While errors are inevitable in a scientific process, some of the flagged papers, like this one, contain images that have appeared to have been purposefully manipulated and photoshopped. Like they photoshopped pictures into their research. Okay, so the article is going to go on here. The Committee on Publication Ethics is an internal uh, internal national organization that publishes guidance on how to evaluate claims of scientific misconduct. Okay, so let me show you guys exactly what it looks like when we Photoshop pictures into our research. Um, this is going to come from Hold on, let me cite this guy's thing. Yeah, Pete Jude. Pete Jude did a whole entire like 15-minute video on all the scientific misconduct that's happening over at Harvard and just the bullshit that's coming out of it. But he did a really good side-by-side um, -side view of what these uh, Photoshopped images look like. So we're going to play a little bit of, uh, of his stuff here. So in today's video, I'm going to be breaking down the allegations against Khalid Shah because some that uh, video you saw was Khaled Shah, who's he? He's talking about the um, photos that were uh, manipulated in the paper. Some of the image manipulation that you're going to see is like shockingly amateur, and it's amazing that this managed to get through peer review. But to be honest, at this point, I'm not surprised that you know pretty much anything can get through peer review. So I'm. Gonna okay, did you hear that? He said it quickly, but it's super important. Pretty much anything could get through peer review and get published. And now when we go back to talking about the Daily Mail and some of these other studies that are putting out, you guys see a ton of it on like Ozempic. That's a real popular uh, weight loss drug, quotations around that, uh, that is out now. And the biggest thing that they always say is, hey, it's been peer-reviewed and it's been, it's been uh, peer-reviewed in published papers. So that's supposed to hold weight. That's like the holy grail for us. Like, oh, it's been peer-reviewed and it's published from an institute such as Harvard, right? Like now, oh, we trust it. But do we really? Because as people like Peter Jude and the um, individual who uh, first blew the whistle on these uh, allegations where things were being photoshopped from uh, Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, institution, he um, pulled the trigger on it and basically exposed what was happening and the article here that Russell Berger wrote basically is saying that the guy that's supposed to be looking into it, right, to keep the integrity of the research and to make sure that the peer-reviewed publication still actually um, has 
integrity to it, has validity to it, um, is in fact buddies with everybody at Harvard in the DFCI. Isn't that a coincidence? So this is going to read from the article. Um, hold on, just lost my spot in the notes here. Yeah, uh, Roland has worked closely with the CEO for decades at a DFCI event in 2022. Um, the CEO referred to Rollins, and Rollins, by the way, is the guy that is responsible for uh, looking into all these allegations and conducting the investigations internally, right? Um, the CEO goes on to say, Rollins is her right arm, a wise counselor and a loyal friend of 30 years and a cherished colleague. Likewise, Roland has spoke of his fondness for the DFCI and the relationships he's established with the people who work at the Institute. They are brilliant. They are kind. They are world-class leaders. And this is quotations from Rollins happening here. And they have become my friends. Okay, so how in the world is that guy, who, by the way, is co-authored on a lot of these papers that are being investigated into, supposed to be the person investigating the papers? So you mean to tell me this guy doesn't have a bias? Oh, he's got a bias, all right. He's got a bias. Now, the um, other interesting coincidence, and if you guys are fans of uh, Andrew Hiller, you realize we don't believe in coincidences. But another quinketing that happened is right when um, David, who was the blog writer who exposed what was happening over at the uh, DFCI, um, Rollins basically said, oh, yeah, we already know about it. We're looking into it. And by the way, this is now going through the process. We knew this a year ago before you called this out on the blog. Well, that's a weird coincidence that you knew about it a year ago. You didn't do anything about it. And now when somebody brings it up and kind of blows the whistle on you guys, you come back and go, oh, yeah, we knew about it. We're, we're looking into it. And we happened to look into it the day after uh, the blog got posted and exposed what we were doing. Mm. Okay. Now, Rollins is also saying that, and you, you guys need to read this article yourself because I'm, I'm like, not only am I butchering it, but I'm just giving the cliff notes of it here. So after they found out that there was a bunch of photoshopped images into these research papers that were then published in the um from harvard coming out they basically are now saying that rollins is investigating it and he's buddies with everybody and he's on payroll so he in and of himself should not be eligible to uh investigate this because he has lots of bias and conflict of interests now this is public this is stated on here that um, um oh and by the way the guy who uh uh blew like who blew the whistle on him this dude david who has the blog said that when he first reached out to all the authors of the paper he was mostly ignored um the dfci researchers deflected and blamed other authors so they originally just tried to push away any um any blame at all and then uh uh Barrett Rollins, that's the guy who we were talking about, who's the DFCI Research Integrity Officer. We knew many of these papers and their allegations before the blog post. That's what he was going on when he was telling me earlier. It was crazy. Okay, so let me um, let me find... The, oh, and so this is important. This isn't the first time a, a university has come under hot water like this. Um, this is exactly what happened, and this is a quote from the article here from Russell Berger. This is exactly what happened to Duke University in 2019. Duke used uh, 
Duke researchers used fraudulent research to support grant applications that they submitted to the EPA in the NIH. As a result, the school was forced to settle with the Department of Justice for $112 million. And the reason why is because they're publishing these papers, clearly fabricating the data and the information, so that way they could get grants. And in this particular case, um, with the DFCI, the grants amounted from these papers that are all being now looked into was $50 million in grants they received from these papers that are now known fraudulent papers. And the main thing to take away from this article here is the fact that Rollins, the guy that's supposed to be investigating into it, has clear conflict of interest and bias because he's buddies with everybody who wrote these papers. Now, the other thing that was interesting is Rollins is suggesting that it's not scientific misconduct. It's just a general mistake, right? Because in order for it to be scientific, um, scientific misconduct, and I quote here from the paper, is Rollins is suggesting that intent to deceive is a part of testing determining whether or not scientific uh, misconduct has occurred. So he's basically saying, hey, he, they didn't... It, they didn't do it uh, intentionally to deceive people. So there's no way it can be scientific mis misconduct. It was just a, you know, it was just a mistake. Oops, accidentally photoshopped some pictures into there that I didn't mean to do. You know what's also funny too? This shit is like what I used to do at high school. Like you have to come up with a paper and you kind of just like photoshop some shit in and just kind of like make it up and like slide it in the teacher's desk and hope that it it passes and you get a good grade and nobody calls you out on the fact that everything you put in there is like bullshit. Um, so here's an interesting thing. The U.S. federal uh, research uh, misconduct policy here. Uh, published in December of 2000, includes several interactions with public comments to clarify the issue, meaning um, was Rollins in suggesting that there has to be intent to deceive in order for the DFCI to actually have committed scientific misconduct? And the answer to that is no, because under the response of the uh, policy, three elements must be met in order to establish a finding of research misconduct. Okay, three elements must be met. Um, the elements are intentionally, knowingly, or recklessly. Now, here's the deal. Only one of these need to be demonstrated in order to satisfy the element of research misconduct in the finding. Okay. So he's trying to deflect it and say there's no way this could be scientific misconduct when clearly it is. And also, too, again, this is this is this guy's buddy. Like. You mean to tell me that there's an actual serious investigation going on here? No, there's not. Um, I definitely suggest that you guys go off and find, uh, go to brokenscienceinitiative.org. You go read the whole entire article yourself. There's even more stuff that's coming out um, about Harvard now. And uh, we'll kind of end this section of it with, again, our friend uh, Peter Jude here which I just thought this part was funny, where they were actually taking photos from different like websites where people were actually just selling stuff and putting them into the research papers. That sells antibodies. <laughs> it's like so hilariously lazy. This image in the third row is actually taken from a website that sells antibodies. <laughs> Literally, they went to a website that sells antibodies, stole the photo and then put it into their papers. And these are being peer-reviewed, 
published through institutions like Harvard. Okay, so now you ask, how does that relate to Trump? Well, it relates to that and the attention and what we focus on. You can't turn on the news, especially mainstream corporate media. You can't, you can't look through Instagram without seeing the Trump case. And it's been going on for a long time. You can't escape it. It's there in your face. Most people feel super angry one way or another, but couldn't necessarily even tell you the details of the case or exactly how the whole thing's going to play out. Right. And then again, we go back to what we talked about earlier with how many clear victims were there of uh, what Trump was doing. Apparently, there's no, there's none. There's no victims. But ask yourself this when it comes to cancer, how many people do you know that are affected by it? How many people do you know who has lost their life to it? And yet, this whole entire thing, where we have one of the most established cancer institutes and the research that's happening inside there, backed by Harvard, is just complete bullshit. They're making stuff up, Photoshop, taking photos from websites and putting it in their papers, literally like some shit that I did in high school. And they're getting millions of dollars of grants, federal grants that are funded by us to do these fraudulent papers. And it's the integrity of the research is completely gone. And then you ask, who is the victim there? Well, what about all the fucking families of cancer victims? What about all the people that have cancer that are going to the doctor that are hoping that there's going to be some sort of new development, some sort of new research that's going to come in. It's going to help them. They're going to be able to live. Their family's going to have their parent. Their family's going to have their dad, their mom, their sister, whatever the case is going to be. And these fucking people are over here photoshopping shit in and putting it into photos, getting millions of dollars for it, and then profiting off that research and profiting off the care that you're supposed to get. So you come in there with your family at the lowest point in your life, seeking any answer, any hope, maybe some new research, maybe something happened, getting it from these Ivy League schools such as Harvard, and only to find out later on that all of their shit is completely made they fabricated it. They manipulated the information so they could get the grants. So they could get the paper published. They're all buddies. They're all in bed with each other, probably figuratively too. Like, but definitely, I mean, literally, definitely figuratively, but probably literally, literally too. And no one seems to bat an eye. How many of these uh, uh, news articles outside of Broken Science and our friend Peter Jude over here who uh, talked about it? No one. No one gave a shit. And why is that, of course? Well, because there is no free independent press and there is no free media. It's all corporate media funded by these same institutions, not necessarily Harvard, but by the, by the pharmaceutical companies that take the research that is coming out of these institutions to turn them into a product to sell to you. Fucking crazy. Anyhow, if you don't know, now you know. So that's going to be the show for today. I hope you guys got something um, out of it. I don't know if we'll be able to hook up a call line to it. Uh, hopefully we will at some point because I would love to be able to like lay out some of these articles um, at the beginning of the show, start to go through them, and I would love to get your guys' like, input on them. Um, I think it's going to be fun. We're going to talk about stuff like this. I will continue to get like more and more organized around this. It's funny, like going through the whole back and forth of like, what do you do on the first show? Oh my gosh, it's the first one. What do you talk about? And it's like, you know, at some point I just kind of let that go and just, uh, 
and just kind of found some stuff that I found interesting, dug into it a little bit more. I will for sure get more like organized in my thoughts too, which will be fun because we'll be able to like go through some of these without kind of like beating around the bush a little bit, pinging around. Okay. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, G Louise, G Louise. Yes. That was at the very beginning of the show. We talked about the clicks inside the gym and how to basically handle, um, conflict or, you know, different things like that inside the gym. Um, Magnus seven out of 10 on the first. Show. I will take that seven out of 10 is I'm happy with that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. And on the very last piece here, um, I just wanted to uh, talk with you guys about moving with a purpose, and I'm going to leave you with this. There's always a chance to move with a purpose and have some intent. And especially when it goes into our workouts, we want to move with intention. We want to move with purpose. We want to make sure that we're in the full range of motion. We're holding the uh, mechanics. We're holding the integrity of our movement. Um, but also, too, we can move with intention through life and through our jobs. So try not to just become unconscious of your spending. Try not to become unconscious of like what's happening around you. Like be fully engaged with it. Move with intention. Be more um, intentful in the way that you're acting and how you're doing. And here's a uh, perfect example that I like to use. When I was um, helping out Karn with a couple of these other events, the CrossFit for Health Summit, the Forever Strong Summit, stuff like that, when some of these like actually anybody who I met like came in the room that I either had met through a meeting, like a zoom meeting that I had to be on with them or just knew them because they were one of the more high profile speakers that came in. If I'm sitting down and this is the first impression of somebody coming into my space or the room or anything else, um, or even if it's not a first impression, you can know them, but you haven't really seen them in a little bit. The second I see this person, I move with the tent. I jump out of my chair and I walk right over. Hey, so-and-so, how you doing? Great to see you. Come on in. People remember that shit especially if you're, it's the first time meeting them. If someone comes into the room and you pop right up with a smile on your face and you go right over and you greet them, hey, how are you doing? And you don't make that first like awkward approach, like, hey, it's so good to meet you in person. Welcome, this is awesome, come on in. If you do that with people that you first meet, if you do that with people that first walk into your gym, if you do that with just people out onto the street, they're gonna notice that you move differently because you're moving with intention, you're moving with purpose. And most people kind of don't. They're, we're all so caught up in our bullshit. Definitely, I do get like that way from time to time too. But it, the, the individual that's able to pull themselves out of that and act consciously through life, like they just feel different. They give you more energy. They kind of like fill you up. And that's one of the um, a strong quality of a person that other people are attracted and they want to be around. So be that person. Move with intention in what you do in your gym. Move with intention with what you do in your life. And definitely move with intention when it comes to uh, meeting or bringing some new people in. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for joining me. It like peaked out at like 60. That's amazing. I was just hoping to like half the people would show up. You guys are great. Thank you so much for hanging out. Um, Ernie, 100%. Didn't see you in there. Ernie, Ernie moves with intention. This guy came in and fucking killed it for us with the CrossFit for Health Summit. And he was remembered by everybody that was there, especially a lot of the people that formed the teams like Emily and um, uh, Karen and stuff like that. Like, you are on the list because you moved with intention. Okay, guys, thank you so much for joining. I will see you next Tuesday and probably on a show somewhere between now and then. But I'll see you guys next Tuesday at 11. I appreciate it. I hope you guys have a wonderful day and do some good in the world. All righty, bye-bye.